0: The intro song, Fishing for Pets, is written and composed by Alan Goldscher from his latest release, Live at the Lakeview Lounge. Thanks for tuning into the Alts Podcast. Our guest today is Alex Engel, the CEO and head of product for Rare Edition. Rare Edition is a new card grading company in what is a crowded field, but, and I say this without hesitation... Rare Edition has found a way to stand out by providing the nicest looking slabs out there. Today, I'll talk to Alex about the challenges of breaking into the card grading industry and how they are already standing out. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Alex today. All right, Alex, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the podcast. Really looking forward to learning more about Rare Edition and and what it's all about.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's always fun to come and chat about the hobby, talk about you know, the company that you're part of and everything. And uh, yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the first thing that stands out are your slabs. And you guys are, are grading these cards and you definitely have a unique look to them. I don't know if you could talk about with that, you know, what Rare Edition is and, and, and how you've designed your slabs.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. What, one of the things I do at Rare Edition in my spare time is I love to just play with the slabs that we have. The sample cards that I have, feeling the slickness that goes in between them has been a really interesting point. You know, we were at the Mint Collective recently, we we're at the Union Marketplace in Del Mar. Every time we get the slab in someone's hands, we see the reaction, right? In fact, one of the things that we'll say is like, just just feel this, just, just hold it and touch it and bring it up. You know, as someone who's collected for a long time, the polystyrene slabs that I get from PSA and, and you know, BGS, they, they feel a little bit light. Some of them don't have UV protection in them. Other ones that a lot of competitors rolled out uh, sort of just mimicked what the, the standard thing was uh, at the time. And when we started Rare Edition, we said we want to not just level up what we're doing in the aspects of the hobby, we wanted to leapfrog a lot of areas from what competitors are doing. Because we believe that things had changed so much over the last, even the last few years, let alone the last 10, 20, 30 years, that there was a lot more that could be done for collectors in the hobby and that they've been asking for. I mean, I think if you go to National, you go to any card show and you talk to people about what's exciting about grading, they say, well, the case is fine, but, you know, it's not necessarily reflecting the value of the card that's in it. Seeing a Mickey Mantle in a PSA case, you go, you know, that's a multi-million dollar card. Seeing an Onus Wagner, you know, sitting there seeing, you know, Kobe and Jordan rookies sitting in in slabs you go well you know I, I don't necessarily go to ikea to pick out a frame for my rembrandt you know i want to i want to give it something i want to give it a framing action i've always liked what sgc does i think that their tuxedo is fun i've got sgc cards myself i even like some of the the csg and cgc slabs i think the cgc slabs for some of my trading cards are are actually quite nice but we said look we can take it further so our coo who is a, a manufacturing expert. He said, let's, let's go out there. Let's get uh, the clearest polycarbonate that we can find, the, the bulletproof glass. Let's get Gorilla Glass front and back. Let's mimic what we see on our smartphones. Because in many cases, the cards that we're moving and that we're trading are worth more than our smartphones. Especially as time goes on, a smartphone decreases in value. A lot of our cards are increasing in value. So why wouldn't we want to have uh, impact resistance? Why wouldn't we want to have it surviving things like uh, immersion in water if you spill coffee on it? Why wouldn't we want to have it so that if you're sitting in a hotel and you pop your your cards down and they jostle against something or they get pushed against something, that the case won't snap or break open? I mean, it's it's relatively easy to break open some competitors' cases with their bare hands. I've tried. There's no way to do it that I've found yet uh, with our case. But I think for us, it's, it's all about delivering an experience. It's about delivering the kind of experience and the kind of product that, that we've wanted as collectors, right? And I've always wanted for my cards and my collectibles to have a higher quality product, to have a product that I can show off so that I'm not just preserving a product, but I'm also Absolutely. turning it into like a display piece. So that was the nexus of a lot of what we did there.
0: Absolutely. I would imagine that starting a card grading company is difficult. Especially with when you guys, you know, you added some, you know, technology, some scanners. I, I understand that the demand for creating a higher quality slab, but h- how difficult is it there, you know, to to try and compete with the PSAs and the SGCS? And I guess where do you see Rare Edition kind of being in the game?
1: Yeah, so it's an interesting question because we are starting with cards, but Rare Edition started as a coin grading company, so it's always been in our DNA. One of our co-founders, Brandon Lipton, his father owns one of the largest coin wholesaler and and rare coin distributors in the country, uh, if not the largest. His father's been in the coin business forever. Brandon has been trading collectibles and coins since he was in diapers. Uh, You know, he's forgotten more about coins than I'll ever know. And he sat down with the rest of the founding team and said, we've got an opportunity here. People are being taken advantage of in some cases with their collectibles because coins have, have an even deeper learning curve in some areas than cards not just the coin's historical value, but the metal value, right? Is this a card that has an inherent silver value, gold value, et cetera, plus the provenance history behind it? Then you kind of get into ancient coins and historically significant coins. You know, he's had like Athenian owls and things like that that have passed through his hands. And the idea of having a 2,400-year-old coin is amazing. But we actually started in that area. And then one of our other co-founders said, wait a minute, you know, cards are another area because he's a huge card collector. He's got one of the biggest collections out there. He said, you know, cards are another area that we can start in. We saw the market and said, you know what? More of us are excited about cards. More of us wanted to focus on cards. We saw the opportunity there. We're all card nerds ourselves. Uh, So we'll start there. But our goal from day one has always been to be a collectibles company. We want to be the home for everything worth collecting. We want to authenticate, we want to grade, we want to store everything that's worth collecting, whether we're talking, you know, the latest Jordans that dropped off Nike, whether we're talking, you know, Rolex watches, whether we're talking, you know, action figures, cards or coins. Now, many of those things are many years in the future, right? And we're not going to transition to those until we feel confident that we've been able to nail what we're doing right now in cards. So I don't want anyone listening to think that our attention isn't 100% on delivering what we've promised to our card collectors. But it is on the roadmap for us to expand and, and truly be a collectibles company. So for us looking at PSA, BGS, we truly believe like it's a rising tide lifts all boats. Last National, you know, we were having a chat with a lot of those guys after the show. And, you know, we said this is an opportunity for us to come in and push each other to be better, to help our customers too. And we see some of the card companies out there already adopting stuff that has been greatly improving the hobby but we will absolutely be focusing on cards and then moving into other things that are collectibles as well i want you to have a rare edition graded whatever you think is worth collecting
0: yeah you mentioned the slab and it's funny you have a uh, an explainer on your website about how you guys you know threw it as hard as you could against the ground you ran it over with a car and uh, you still couldn't get an open what are some other features how else does rare edition stand out i mean the the, the slabs are without a doubt, they stand out on their own, but you had some other components there.
1: Yeah, I gotta dig a little bit deeper into some of the security components, because I think this is an area that we've all known as collectors. Um, there's, you know, a thread on blowout relatively recently are talking about some people and some of the alterations they've made to their cards and things like that. The security, the anti-fraud techniques, the ability for you to know when you hold a, a product in your hand that it's a genuine article is at the heart of a lot of collecting. Nothing you know, plummets a card's value down to zero faster than realizing it's been recolored or trimmed or something like that. So when we take a look at our our product, not only, and we can get into this a little bit later, not only are we looking at it with our card graders and and uh, authenticators, we're also, when we seal it, adding in all these anti-fraud and uh, security techniques to it. There's a lot of stuff that we've done to it that we intentionally don't talk about because we don't want people to know about it, but because there's always like visible and invisible security But you can take a look at the case when you look at it and realize that the case is individually laser etched and serialized. You can take a look at the actual label itself and see the NFC chip that's inside of it. And you can see that the NFC chip takes you to the legitimate uh, record for that item. You can even see on the back of it a, a white and gray area with our logo in the middle. That's one of our specific security features that we've added to the card that you know, you can't necessarily see, there's nothing you can quite do as a consumer to do there, but rest assured that if you ever had a question about the provenance history or authenticity of a card, you could send it back and we could use that to help guarantee that. Where I was just taking a look at some of my older PSA cards last night, talking to another collector, and you know, some of my older ones, some of my, my 60s and 70s tops don't have the lighthouse. They don't have hollow foil in them. They're just sort of a label, a glossy label. BCCS, you know, when they came through, they had a label. And, you know, I like my cards that I have in them, but it's hard to argue with the fact that as customers, many of us want a product that we can trust, right? A product that we can look at and say, if this is in here, and as long as I trust the company knows what they're doing, I want to be able to know that this product is genuine. Um, So that's a big part of it. And it's also, you know, I I don't want to say nothing is indestructible, right? I will say that our case is significantly more protective than some of the other options out there. But it can break. There can be cases where, especially the Gorilla Glass, just like your phone, your phone can survive a lot of damage. You drop it the wrong way, sometimes the glass is going to crack. So you can do the same thing with our case. But importantly, the polycarbonate is all uh, fully ultrasonically welded around the edges. So I have personally taken a claw hammer to it and uh, smashed it on my concrete floor and then looked for damage on the card. Yes, I was able to shatter the glass. Yes, I was able to gouge the polycarbonate, but the card itself seemed undamaged. Of course, if I kept on smashing it, I'm sure I'd end up uh, damaging the card. But we want to at least have, I guess, the peace of mind of knowing that if you chuck it across the room, it's not going to hurt the card.
0: Yeah. If someone gets angry at you, and decides to grab that stack of cards and throw it across the room. You can breathe easy there.
1: <laughs> we also added the rubber bumper to it, which not everyone likes. But if the rubber bumper also adds a huge amount of security to it, so if you are uh, extra cautious, just keep it on there. And I mean, you can you can do a lot to it with that bumper on.
0: It's an accessory.
1: It's an accessory. Exactly. We provide it free with every with every submission. If you want to use it, great. If not, totally fine.
0: I guess I guess deeper into that I and mean, the security is is, is amazing I, I think as a consumer right the number one thing is how is my card being graded how can I be assured that the grade that I got on my card is is truly reflective of the condition my card is in could you take me through that process
1: absolutely Yeah. so we agree I think all of us that are collectors have gone have taken our cards in or, or anything that requires a, a human process and it's challenging to know whether that person has had their coffee yet or not uh, whether it's the end of the day of ten you know eight hours of grading. Uh, It's challenging to know whether something was taken when someone has had a whole bunch of the same card and they're thinking, just because we have these human biases in our own head, right? Like, oh, uh, what are the chances that I've graded seven tens in a row, right? And like, we do that all the time. We play roulette in Vegas. Uh, You look at that and you say, what are the chances it's going to be red again? It was red the last five times. It's got to be black. Well, it has an equal chance of being red or black, you know, no matter how many times you spin that these are all things that go in our heads. What we're trying to introduce in grading is, is replicability, consistency, and, and transparency. When we scan, our scan is all about detecting damage and classifying damage. That's kind of our first level. We do a high resolution scan, we take a look at the card, we classify the damage, and we go in and say, is this a chip? Is this a scratch? Is this you know light rubbing? Is this missing uh, card back material? And then we help provide, uh, our tech provides a, a preliminary grade, right? Basically going in and saying, I believe based on the stuff that's been identified, it should be this much or have this grade. Then we have humans double check that because a lot of areas, when you hear someone talk about AI and computer vision, those companies fail to disclose that if you have crap data, you're going to get bad outcomes. That's just the way it is. So when you when you go in and you have a uh, a good example are like human learning language processors. When you go in, and use your Apple iPhone and you start using Siri. It takes time for Siri to understand uh, what you're saying and what you think you're saying because all of us speak differently. All of us have different cadences. And if you consistently speak differently, the AI will adapt to it and it'll think it's correct. So if you were consistently coming in and ignoring cards or consistently overgrading cards or undergrading cards, your AI and tech will start believing that that's correct and that's accurate. And it will not know that there's a better way to do it. It has no objective understanding of what grading should be. So if your data set isn't correct, you know, isn't unbiased, then you'll always get biased answers back. And that happens all throughout the tech industry. Um, it's why data clarity and, like, and data correctness is the key for any tech company. I've seen this in the past when I've worked on machine learning technology and AI technology at my other companies. We have to be extra careful, especially with grading, because there's so much that goes into it, to be accurate, to make sure that we can trust our data. So that way, when we have the computer coming back, there's less and less work we have to do on the human side. That said, we always have humans take a look at the card. We have, you know, one of our senior graders, for instance, has worked for Card grading companies for, I think, over eight years now uh, has a deep understanding of not just the card's history, but the authenticity, finding fakes, and everything like that. That's always invaluable. So it's got to be a marriage. It's a marriage between you know identifying damage and identifying areas of the card, and then humans who are able to go back correct those things because you know computers are always screwing stuff up. As an engineer and programmer myself, I can tell you that uh, a lot of times the problem I have in my code is me. I'm the one that made the mistake. The computer just did what I told it to do. So this is always kind of a marriage here at Rare Edition, and it's always about how do we ensure consistency and transparency? That's what I want to. I want us to be known for, right? I want us to come in, and you come to me at a show, um, and I can say this. You come to me at a show, and you bring a card, a Rare Edition card to me, and you say, why did I get the grade I got? I'll be able to tell you right there. I'll be able to tell you right there, here's what we saw, here's why you got a grade in a particular area, and here's how that affected your overall grade. Uh, I already had one or two people I know in our comments um, come through in some of the YouTube videos that have been posted about us saying, oh, I didn't see that damage, but now I know that this is where it is. In fact, I even made the mistake. I sent in a WWF card from 99 that had a crease on the back, and it got a 4.5. Uh, this was a sample card. So one of the things we do is none of us are allowed to send our own cards in. We certainly aren't allowed to be involved in any of the grading that goes in. In fact, if you send your cards in at Rare Edition, we we, say, we make sure that you can't visit any of our warehouses for a very long time to just to ensure the, the security and make sure that we're completely unbiased. We anonymize a lot of information to make sure that you're just grading the card and that's it. But when I sent it in, I was like, get out of here. This card looks pristine. I literally cracked it out a week ago. What is happening? And I had to use my own tech to realize that I missed a freaking crease on the back of the card. And I was like, okay, well, I'm the idiot here. Yeah. Uh, but like, how many times have we done that? How many times have we gotten our cards back from uh, you know a card grading company? And we're like, a six, get out. There's no way. You crack it open. You look at the back and you're like, oh, I'm the idiot. I forgot that there was like a giant print line across the back or something like that
0: the scanners that you have the machine that it does and we talked about it before you know you reference PSA and the alterations that have come up i mean is that something that it could immediately pick up on like a trimmed card you know is it something that it could, it could pick up on on the corners immediately that kind of thing
1: the answer to all those questions is always going to be it depends there's a lot of things in the authenticity and you guys know if the, you yourself or your listeners know you've looked at enough cards sometimes it takes feeling the card sometimes it even takes like I almost say like smelling it, right? Where I know how my vintage cards are supposed to smell <laughs> when something smells weird. Yep, absolutely. So good luck teaching a scanner and a computer, you know, unless you got like Smell-O-Vision in there, good luck getting them to do that. I'll just say it helps. It, it provides more tools in the toolbox for people and for our team members to take a look at a card and, and determine whether it, it's genuine or not.
0: You know, you get this idea of when you you, you talk about AI or technology, uh, introducing that into into cards, people have this idea of it no longer being dependent on a person, right? And not trusting the machine, not trusting the technology. And I guess on your end, there's a human component to it, right? I mean, there's definitely somebody double checking and and checking other parts that maybe the scanner doesn't or can't pick up.
1: Absolutely. I think I challenge you to find a software engineer or, you know, data scientist out there that wouldn't insist on people being able to at least take a look at what the output is. There's just too many variables, right? You've got to have someone come in. It's way too easy for someone to make an assumption in the code and then the code output a result that's wildly different than what you expect. So you just want to make sure that you have, again, like really high quality data that goes in. You want to make sure that the output that comes out is checked and and verified. Uh, And I don't want anyone who sends into rare edition to think that we just like chuck it into a scanner and then encase whatever the result is, because that is definitely not the case. That we, you know, we want to make sure we have highly trained people on the team who are ready and willing to to go in and dig into that card. And in many cases, they find really cool stuff, refractors that people hadn't considered. You know, one customer came back and said, I didn't even know that this was a, uh, I forget which, it was a relatively uncommon refractor. And they were like, oh, I thought it was something else. I thought it was a totally different refractor. And we were like, yeah, the only way we know that is because we have a bunch of card nerds that work with us that love that stuff, you know, and do the research.
0: Wow, you're you're able to identify the card uh, for the owner. Well, we do
1: we do a researching step so that we ask the customer to provide all this information to us. And then we also have a step in our process where our own researchers take a look at the card and validate that it is what they say it is. The worst thing would be if a label goes out. Right? If the label goes out with wrong information on it, and we have had a couple QC issues where labels have just like cut off some information and everything, but um, that's part of our growing pains and we've addressed those issues. But I don't want to have a label go out with wrong information. I don't want to have someone come in and have the wrong grade name. I don't want to have someone come in and claim it's an upper deck when it's not, or if they miss the, the Bowman, right? It's like a tops Bowman versus just regular tops Chrome. Um, these are the things that matter to us. Details matter. And it's all about building trust, right, in the, in the hobby. And they, our customers have to trust that we're going to get it right. And so we want to make sure that we do the research before something starts grading so that we have the, the right information on the card.
0: Big thing right now, if someone were to submit a card to you guys, what is the turnaround time for you guys? So we have two different turnaround times, right, like
1: everyone does. We have our stated turnaround times. We have our actual turnaround times. We've only launched a short while ago. Uh, you know, it's only been a few weeks since we we really got out there and launched. We did have a pre-sale, but we are available and open now for launch. Uh, we guarantee a 60 business day turnaround for $29, a uh, 30 business day turnaround for 49 and a four, uh, 15 business day turnaround for 149 And you get free shipping at the 149 We don't upcharge for any of our purchases, so we don't change the value based on the declared value or, or new value or card. We also always provide subgrades, so that's everything included, right? Even the $29 level, you get all of our subgrades or grading report, the NFC chip, the case, the packaging, all that stuff comes free uh, at no matter what level you you pick. But we are getting back customers' uh, cards very quickly right now because we're actually getting more and more efficient as the weeks go on, so we're having people send in cards, and you know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, it was taking a little bit of time to get through them. Now they're going through lightning fast. I think we just had, um, oh, I forget uh, i forget who he was, but he uh, posted a YouTube video a couple days ago where he was like, yeah, I submitted a card like two weeks ago and I just got it back right now, which is wild. And uh, I was like, yeah, because we are actually much more efficient and faster now than we were, you know, even just a few weeks ago. So I'll say those are guaranteed times, but if you were to submit now, you know, it being the beginning of May, you would probably get them back significantly faster right now. But if everyone comes in and submits, can't guarantee it's not going to take that long.
0: Speaking of those videos I saw on your website, the, the case, probably the nicest case that's out there. I mean, it, I'm going to say in terms of the aesthetics of the, of the case. But when you get it back, this is what I was surprised with. It's like opening up a Christmas present. It's almost like opening up like a, like you're reopening your card and it's like you bought like this super high-end card. I'm pretty sure that's deliberate. Can you talk to me about why you guys went that route? When you get it back, every card is individually packaged.
1: Yeah. So um, the first thing, if you're a bulk submitter or group submitter, you can always choose not to do that. Um, That's one of the things, if you're a bulk or group, you know, the last thing you want to do is unpackage 500 cards and, you know, just to figure out what they are so you can get them back. Uh, So if you're a bulk or group submitter listening, have no fear. You know, we do provide, you know, the ability not to do that. But for... PC cards, smaller orders, personal orders and things like that, orders in the in the you know, singles or dozens. Yeah, we encase every card. And then after that, it goes into a packaging process. Because to me, ever since I was a little kid, right, ever since dad took me down to the local card store and we were cracking open, you know, late 80s, early 90s, junk wax era packs and everything. That's the thing that really excites me. As I got older, right, and as I started collecting more and more, I'm a huge TCG collector. I've got tons of Pokemon and Magic cards and everything. I still find that rush when I go in there and I get it. And those unboxing videos and yourself, when you're just going through the pack and the anticipation builds and you get in there, we did a prototype. We were talking in a meeting, you know, our, I forget if it was me or one of the leadership team members, who said, whatever, we're going to go ahead and put it in a bag. What happens if we just put it in a bag? We open it up in the bag. And that, even that replicated some of that feeling. And I said, you know what? I've always loved it. I'm sure a lot of collectors out there would love it too. When instead of just getting wrapped up in bubble wrap, you actually get like a high quality box. You open it up, you peel it back or cut it over. I would prefer using scissors just because our current version of the wrap is a little tight, a little strong. But when you open it up and you pull it out and you kind of see the grade, edging out. Uh, We've already had a lot of early customers come back and say it did recreate that moment of breaking open packs and everything. I think especially for me, when I see uh, like anything starting with a nine, let alone a 10 come out, you know, that always feels exciting for me for that customer. That customer is like, you know, super excited. They see a 9.5 come out or even if they see a 10 come out. I get excited for them because I'm like, oh, this is great. Look what they got. Uh, Because I try not to spoil myself
0: with the grades that they're getting to. It's almost like a like you're receiving a present, right? It's like you're getting a gift back.
1: And who doesn't love that, right? There's a, there's a small number of people that treat the hobby as a pure investment. And I don't have a problem with treating the hobby as a pure investment. I don't have a problem with treating collectibles as alternate investment assets. But I don't think that means we have to get rid of the joy. And for me, part of the joy is opening it up. And I feel happy and excited when I see my customers do that, when I see... Our people come in and hear their happiness and their joy when they crack it open and they see what it is. Like Retro Hoop put a video up last week and when he opened up his second card, because we're sending out sample cards to a lot of people. We're just going in and saying, hey, we just want you to check us out. And, you know, by the way, here's a sample card to see what we do. Uh, The typical, you know, like check out our new company stuff. When he opened up and it was a Hakeem card on his second one, he's like, oh, and he pulls it open. It's not a big Hakeem card. It's not like it's like a one-on-one or anything. He cracks it open and he was just like, you could hear in his voice that he was just happy and that was a great moment and you can't help but smile. And I want to bring back some of that joy too. It can't just be a transactional action. Let's bring back some of the joy that we felt when we were kids. Because I love it. I love when I get my cards back and see the grades.
0: For sure, you know I watched one of those videos. I think you sent it to um, she collects. You sent her a Max Verstappen card.
1: Absolutely, which isn't her favorite, you know, player, but at least it's F one, right? It's so a, it's,
0: it's from her favorite collection, and the card is is really nice. It was like a, a blue sapphire, uh, I believe. I don't know, but it, it's a nice, it's a shiny card, and it looks so nice in the in the in the slab. And you can just kind of see, hey, you know, you brought joy to her in that moment, right?
1: And the clarity is so important too. I mean, our col went out of his way to source extra clear polycarbonate. And of course, the gorilla glass is super clear. But the clarity is critical to me. I've heard from collectors, people saying it gets scratched, my case needs to get reholdered or something like that because it just gets dirty or whatever. To me, the clarity and showing off the card that's inside is all part of what I'm trying to level up to. Well, the whole company is trying to level up. How do we go ahead and have a case that when you look at it you get the purest expression of that card because that's what i want to pay attention to that's why it's bordered in black that's why it's kind of floating a little bit in the slab because it's it's an artifact right it's a piece of art it's something that's worth collecting and worth displaying and many of the cards that we you know that we process you just look at them and you're like damn this looks fantastic because we're not putting anything to disrupt the clarity between the card and, and the exterior. So you really get like a true representation of what that card is.
0: For sure. I know we kind of touched on the question before, and I'm just curious, like going back the market, right? And you talked about the collectibles and it's being an artifact. And I wonder if, if it's even something that you guys do is like, do you kind of put yourself where you want to be in the market? Are you looking to be number one, number two? Are you happy being number three or four? Are you looking at hard investor and you know investors or are you looking for people that want to slab their cards for their, their personal collections or are you not thinking that way
1: yeah I think um, I think it's a mistake sometimes for us to think about who's in first second or third because I've met plenty of fans of every service even the services that are relatively new that just like what they do whether it's customization options whether it's the thickness of the slab you know I would say outside of rare edition, I actually like SGC the best, and but that's only for my sports cards. For my TCG cards, I think CGC does a decent job, and I like putting. I would prefer to put things in CGC over PSA. That said, they're all fantastic options. I think there's room for everyone to succeed here. I think that for us, we are seeing a fair number of PC cards coming in. We are seeing uh, a significant number of people that want to send their PC cards to us for the protection, for the presentation value, and things like that. But We also have a fair number of bulk submitters and group submitters that are coming in saying, how do we start actually filling these cards out in the market? How do we start realizing the prices? We have had some cards sell recently in the market that were comparable to PSA and BGS prices, but the plural of anecdote is not data, right? It's going to take time. For us to go ahead and see that it's going to take time for our customers to trust and believe that their cards can realize prices out there. And it's just going to take time for us too to prove to our customers that they can trust us with their cards and that they do command uh, a decent price in the secondary market. Right now, our focus is just on growing our customer base, getting our product out there, getting the word out there about the company and trying to deliver on everything that we say we're going to do. It won't matter who our audience target is, whether it's investors or PC cards or high-end cards, if we can't deliver on what we say we do, right? And frankly, a lot of collectors out there who are going to be listening to this are going to be hearing, oh, another grading company, so what? Like, we've seen a whole bunch of them come and go. Why would I grade with them and not someone else? And I can't argue against that except saying, let's give it a try. Let us show you what we're about. Let me show you uh, why we're focused and and have an obsession with quality. Let me show you why we're trying to build a collectibles company for all collectibles that delivers on what we've asked for as collectors. And let me show you why I want you know to continue grading your cards, continue grading whatever you've got for as long as you want to keep sending them my way. Right. That's that's our focus right now. Our focus is sort of. Building up that collector's base, building up that customer base, proving out to people that we can do it. And we're confident once we do that, our customers will come back over and over again. We've already started seeing it. Some of our customers have sent in their PC cards and they're like, damn, maybe I just want to send in like my next 20 cards to be graded. Uh, And if you look on eBay, just make sure that you type in rare edition with quotes around it, because if you type in rare editions, that's a children's clothing company. So I don't (laughs) want you to think, you get confused that we're a children's clothing company. We're not. Uh, although we do now rank higher than they are on, on all the Google searches, which is great, but, uh, it is kind of funny when people are like, yeah, I did search for rare edition on eBay to find pricing. And, um, I mean, I found a dress for my niece, but, uh, but I didn't find any of your cards. And I'm like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta put some quotes around that, bud. you know, otherwise you're going to, you're going to get some dresses.
0: Nice. <laughs> you know, that's, that's actually a good segue into, you know, you're talking about the roadmap. I, I saw that you guys are, are soon, maybe soon looking to, to start your own, uh, like marketplace and a vault, a vaulting service. Could you talk about where you are in, in in that process?
1: Yeah, the marketplace is something that we've been working on for a little bit. We're, we're in the process of um, finishing it up. The marketplace itself is focused on a, similar things to what StockX does. We want it to be a verified marketplace. Uh, in fact, we want to do very similar to StockX when you list an item on our marketplace. How do we make sure you're getting exactly what you say they are? Uh, say what you're getting. The big difference for us with our marketplace is that we have a lot of supporters and friends who already want to build up a marketplace separate from some of the existing ones. And then we also have uh, the ability for you to quickly and easily list rare edition graded collectibles on them. And we already know they're, you know, we already know that they're real. We already know they're authenticated, graded, et cetera. We can bypass a lot of the um, kind of the hassle you get when you sell anything online by going ahead and putting it in there. It's also an anonymous marketplace, meaning unlike eBay, you, you buy and sell a specific product, but you as a buyer will never know who the seller is and you as a seller will never know who the buyer is and it's all guaranteed and insured the entire way by us at rare edition so we do insure every product that comes through and guarantee every product that comes through our office at our warehouse obviously you have to send your own cards into us and and that's your responsibility but once they land at our warehouse and once you make a purchase on the marketplace uh, we make sure that everything goes through and it's authentic and verified if it's not refund the buyer, send the product back to the seller. If it keeps happening, we can take further action on them. And then the vault is another thing that we uh, have heard from collectors and you see it with some other competitors out there. A lot of people wanna have a place to store their collections securely. I think COVID in particular has caused uh, a lot of sneaker heads I know to be like, damn, I have a lot of sneakers. You know, my wife is upset or my husband keeps coming in and saying like, where are we gonna put all these shoes? How do we provide a secure location where you can transact an item back and forth through our vault? And then we know it's always there. We have, the, you know, the inventory controls. We can tie it back to your account. If you grade an item with us, I'm sure anyone listening can see that, see where this is going. You grade an item with us, you store it in our vault, you sell it on our marketplace. It can transact any number of times without it ever having to leave. But these are all future plans on the roadmap. You know, the marketplace is closer than the vault. Uh, we do have some other things coming down the pipe, but we've always wanted to be a, a vertically integrated company and again, focused on what collectors need. And as collectors, we've heard loud and clear that many people want a place to securely store their items and they also want a marketplace where they don't have to worry about getting items taken out from under them. I just I just read a horror story for uh, from a TCG collector who was like, yeah, I bought cards off one of the many marketplaces out there and the seller told me that he didn't have them and then uh, canceled my order and relisted them for 25% more. And I was like, yeah, you won't do that on Rare Editions Marketplace. But uh, that's pretty crappy.
0: Real quick, that, that marketplace would be for for like graded cards or would it be include also raw cards? It would be graded
1: cards, graded coins, uh, you know, sealed product, mostly product that's already been authenticated, product that's there. Raw cards are a little challenging because, I mean, when I buy raw cards on marketplaces right now, I do a lot of inspection on that card. I take a look at the, sometimes I even ask the seller for more details. I want to see zoomed in photos of the corners and edges and everything. Uh, even then, you can get damaged in transit. It could take forever, all that stuff. So we're specifically focusing in the beginning, at least on the, the graded product and, and verified products.
0: I guess, you know, um, the next step is, and it's kind of the last question. And thank you, Alex, for learning more about Rare Edition. I, I really do say I'm impressed by, by, by this labs. I'm assuming that you're going to be a National.
1: Yeah, we'll be around. National's East Coast right now. I live on the East Coast personally, so I'm just going to bum around Jersey and stay with one of my friends that lives, uh, you know, in Southern Jersey and everything. Uh, not because I have to, but because I just like bugging them and uh, I want to see their kids. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll be there. We'll be bumming around National. You'll see us around. We'll be at other shows too. You know, we were just at Del Mar at the Union Marketplace. We were at uh, Mint Collective. We, we've been at the Dallas Card Show at the Las Vegas Card Show. Uh, we're all
0: around. And so the, the plan right now is just to kind of grow your presence, let people know what you guys are all about. And uh, I think the National be a, is a great way to kind of get your name out there a little bit more.
1: Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I want anyone listening and any of our customers to give us a try, you know, give us a shot. I can understand the reticence. I can understand some of the, the concerns, but I want to be able to prove it to you. I want to be able to prove that when you get our product in your hands, that you look at it and you realize that this is something different. And that's what we've heard over and over and over again from our early customers, from people that we've sent sample slabs to. They come back to us and they say, boy, I've been looking for someone to do something different. Um, And yeah, it doesn't interlock with my PSA slabs. Okay. It's a little bit thicker than some of the other cards. Great. It still fits in all the slab protectors. It still fits in, you know, my Zion case and everything. And it also changes their perspective a little bit towards their own cards, even their PC cards. When they get it back, they look at it and they go, okay, this is a little different. This has some tech attached to it. It has some provenance and some history. It has a grading report attached to it. It has the ability for me to go in and see why my card got the grade it did. These are all things I've been asking for for the last 10 years. Maybe this is the company that's really gonna make it happen. And all I would ask for people listening is just give us a try. And then next year, when I'm back at the National for National 2023, uh, hopefully we have a giant booth and I can talk to everyone about how excited they are about our new products that we're grading and everything. And they can still tell me about how much they love our card grading and, and we can nerd out over all their favorite stuff. Because isn't that what makes like collectibles different from hoarding is that we like telling stories about our collectibles. That's why I tell my wife, at least I'm like, you know, I have a collection because it's curated. And she's like, so it's not hoarding. And I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, it's It's a curated selection of items and she's like sure as long as it's
0: in your room that's fine
1: yeah it's it, it is a carefully curated pile of stuff
0: that is what it is right so it's funny as i'm staring at a pile of cards here
1: we've all got it all of us in the hobby if you go up in in my attic right now it's just a pile of uh i think what i'm doing now is i'm i'm going through autos and patches for baseball trying to do some prep work now that baseball's getting going to try to figure out which uh which cards that i think are going to do well and i'm probably going to be wrong cuz i always am <laughs>
0: That's, yeah that's part that's that's the other part where you try to unload some stuff be like hey what can i get in return for this alex that's a great closing argument for rare edition i know you guys are going to do um really well i mean the, the slabs are beautiful and you know look forward to to uh catching up maybe in a couple of months see where you guys are at when you guys are, are releasing these other things on your roadmap would love to talk to you again
1: absolutely and thank you so much for having me on here and you know thanks to your listeners just uh to give me uh a little bit of time to just uh, chatter on about Rare Edition. If you have any questions or anything else that comes up in your, in your listener, feel free to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms and, uh, and we'll be happy to be in touch.
0: What is the best way to get in touch with you? Right now,
1: uh, Instagram is always easy. Shoot us a DM on Instagram. You can always go to our support portal, ask questions there. And then if you have something Uh, that's super urgent, you can just email me. Just email me at alex at rareedition.com. I'm happy to be in touch. But I will say that you'll probably get a faster response if you message us on social media or uh, support portal just because usually I'm in meetings and and talking through stuff or I'm just nerding out on some code stuff.
0: (laughs) Sounds good, Alex. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. The blending of technology with human judgment will forever have controversies, especially in the card grading space. It's great to have Alex describe the rare edition process and how they're not limiting the company to a specific demographic or aiming to be the third or fourth rating company in the space. Their mission is to be the best that they can be and let the chips fall where they may. A big thanks to Alex for getting on the podcast and a big thanks to you for spending part of your day with us. If you enjoyed today's episode, let others know about it or leave a review or a comment. Until the next time, take care.